The following podcast contains adult themes such as swearing and mathematics. We'll let you decide which is scarier. Moreover, we of course know everything about the presented mathematics. But if you think we've made a mistake, just remember, it's Christmas. Have a mince pie and relax. Christmas and welcome to Maths at Christmas. <laughs> That's a simply Christmas. Put, simply put, Merry two jolly fat men and a Christmas cracker reviewing <laughs> this festive season from a mathematical point of view. I'm your co-host Thomas Woolley and joining me now and forevermore is the festive Ben Parker and the feisty Liz. How are you guys? Very well, Merry thank Christmas. you. And Merry I, Christmas I, to you. I'm drunk and, and for all those who don't celebrate Christmas, mer- happy holidays, whatever you celebrate and whatever you do, e- even if you're atheist, please enjoy this festive time. Hey, Jesus celebrated Christmas and he was Jewish. Well, yeah. he got three presents. Absolutely. He got three presents, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, can, I, can I briefly object to Feisty? Okay, what, what would you like today? <laughs> well, I, I don't know, but fe- feist, you don't use Feisty about men, do you? Because festive? that's just... Festive, very nice. Festive. Well, I went festive with okay, so, um I mean it's the same uh, word, but let's go festive. Okay. Uh, flippant. Flippant. How about flippant? Fabulous. Fabulous, fabulous. Okay, fabulous. Isn't I think that you... also a very feminine word? Uh okay, hey, free associating. I... Free as- I like that. Okay. The festive Ben Parker and the free associating Liz. Hey. So how are your uh, festive uh, holidays shaping up? I'm looking forward to everything. I've got so many people around on Christmas Day. There's going to be presents. We're going to talk mathematics. It's wonderful. (laughs) Are you going to actually talk about mathematics, really? Well, no, maybe. But well, you always get this thing. Do you get this thing at Christmas where you go around and you see your family and they're like, oh, well, you know, how's your year been? And you sort of say, oh, it's very good. You know, we did this, that and the other. And I did some good mathematics. And their eyes sort of glaze (laughs) over as they reach for the extra bottle of wine. Um, Like I say, my parents don't even know what I do. Um, When when my grandma was alive, whenever I used to see her, she would always say, are you still at school? And to be honest, it was just easiest to say yeah, rather than try and explain what I do as a child. So, so yeah. I always say, they always say to me, oh, well, you know, what have you, have you come up with any new maths this year? And I, I sort of say, well, yeah, yes, I, I thought I found a new number. Yes, this is what I do as well. Whenever I meet people and say I'm a mathematician, they go, oh, so what do you do? I'm a mathematician. They go, oh, what, what do you do then? It's like, well, calculators can only contain eight numbers in their display. <laughs> so how do you work with numbers bigger than eight digits? You need a mathematician. Yeah, but I, I just—it's very difficult to explain to people why why maths is interesting over uh, over Christmas time. Um, but <laughs> I a, think, and I think this is what this podcast is going to drive. Yes, going to so try and do. I think this year what I'm just going to do is I'm going to wrap up uh, sort of um, audio tapes or vinyl with uh, collections of this podcast on it. Um, and give it to people Excellent. for Christmas. Do you think we could have vinyl versions of this podcast? Let's do it. Oh, my (laughs) word. We could be the first. Liz, Liz, tell me about your Christmas time. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit ill. I'm a little bit hungover. We We all are. We all are. Office Christmas party. But we're not all hungover. (laughs) I had my office Christmas party yesterday. Um, Very nice. And I managed to behave myself relatively well. Oh, hold um, on, then. let's talk about this because to, let's compare a mathematician's office party mm. with okay. yours. Okay. okay, so 
my office party, it was not a lunch, a Christmas lunch. And we all went out and the idea was you would have drinks reception and then go sit down. But what I loved is being mathematicians, we all just got our drink and went to sit down at the table. We just didn't bother mingling. (laughs) (laughs) So what about Ben? Uh, Any interesting... Uh, well, I had, your to, Christmas party? I had to host the department um, uh, Christmas, Christmas quiz, um, oh. yes, at, 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 at sort of short notice. And uh, we were all done by six o'clock. We all went home. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <you> all went <laughs> home. <laughs> it was fun. How, how debauched was yours, Liz, then? Was it, was it anything well, like as awkward? It, it, well, so, I mean, the my employer doesn't pay anything towards our Christmas party. So it's, um, uh-huh. everyone pays like five pounds a a head or something and um and then that you drink as much cheap booze as possible so they like buy in (laughs) a load of cheap booze and we have it like in our office because like we can't we can't rent we we can't pay for premises or anything um so (laughs) So you just all gather together in an office and yeah yeah um but they actually made a real effort this year and it was sort of in our office canteen and they 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 put tinsel up and stuff i drank three drinks too quickly and got a bit shouty. Um, and then we, we were going to the pub and I felt like people should be shouted at um, whether they should, whether they were planning on coming or not. Lorraine's Christmas party was hilarious. She had a few drinks inside her and um, she, she kept going around forgetting people's names. So she'd go up to someone and go, hello, Dave. No, no, my name's Stuart. Oh, right. Chris. No, Stuart. <laughs> Keith, no, Stuart. Uh, it, it was really interesting to see. So I just let her go. You know, I wind her up and let her go. Just oh, she's happened. mechanical. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, you, you wind her up and let her go. I love the way that you invent like a fun Christmas party that your wife went to. Your fictional <laughs> wife. I have to keep up the pretense. So, I mean, Liz, talking of your Christmas party, uh, mm. I've spoken to some some listeners of ours, yeah, probably both our listeners. And they, <laughs> uh, they all think you're a spy. Um, do they so, yeah so can you like can you confirm or deny that you're a spy um she would have to kill us if she did i cannot confirm that i am not a spy wow count the negatives spy. in that sentence wow. anyway let's get on with some mathematics and I think that was a good point we made before we we came on air which was um mathematics well we, we normally what we do is we review mathematical films yes so let's extend this to christmas uh, what, what are your famous favorite christmas films um i've got i think three. Oh. Three favorite it's unique it's what, uh, what's one. Oh my god okay it's it's just it's very difficult for me to choose between the 1990s remake of miracle on 34th street uh, and yes. a muppet christmas carol Oh, now, uh, yes, I'm gonna. Uh, I would say go with Muppets Christmas Carol because I do love that one as well. It's the one. That uh, Dickens, I'm not going to go with that. One. It's the one that Dickens wrote the book for. I mean, it's what he I had mean, in it's, mind. It's, but it, no, but it it, is, do you I know what? So. It sticks almost word to word to the book. I mean, I don't think Bob Cratchit was a frog. No. But no, other but, than but, that, but, but but his wife was a Miss P. Oh yes! Oh, absolutely! Yes, uh, of course. Yes, yes. It's a and fact. Michael Michael Caine trying to sing as well. It's mm. oh, it's got everything. What's your favourite song? I love Beaker. I love Beaker. Oh, I I had a little toy Beaker um, and I left him in a hostel in New York 
Um, oh. I, I was like 27 at the time. Yeah, so I can imagine, but, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, um, hold on. But I, I'm still quite sad about the loss Is this of when you were out there spying? Yeah, I was spying in New York um, <laughs> on on the New, New Yorkers with, with a Muppet because I didn't want to be conspicuous. So oh, it, awesome. it's always worth blending in. your American friends. Um, oh. So... Um, my, my... What, about, what about you, Ben, then? What, what's your favourite Christmas movie? Oh, well, there's only one. It's a Wonderful Life. I watch it mm. every year. And if I've I'm... never seen it. I've never seen oh, it. Okay, well then, it. I don't want to get... I'm not going to give away the ending, Tom, but I find yeah. it quite unsatisfying. Oh, really? Oh. Okay. Yeah, it's because justice is not done. Interesting. Uh, I will have to you, watch this Are then. you talking about the sort of the moral hazard at the end? Yeah. So... So I like okay. I'm gonna reveal it. Okay. No, don't, don't, no, 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 don't, Ben. You okay, can't how about, reveal it. How about, how about, how about, wait, wait, wait. I will go off air. I will go off air for the next thirty seconds, and when you're finished, wave at me, and I'll come back. Right. Okay. Wait. 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 Okay. And to the listeners, um, for yeah. the next thirty seconds, uh, we are about to spoil. It's the. It's a wonderful life. So. Please fast forward for a minute if you don't want to spoil. Everyone's seen. So the, I mean, right. The, okay. I'm going off now. Okay. The point is this guy okay loses all this money by sort of recklessly speculating in property okay and at the end of the time just because he's a nice guy everyone gives him all their money back no that's not true that's 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 not my problem with it i don't think he does lose it by recklessly speculating he loses it because somebody steals it from him well yes somebody loses it somebody loses it his uncle loses it um but then his but then the the bad guy finds it and keeps it Yeah, um, knowing Harry it will Potter. ruin him. Is he? Yeah, it's Henry Potter, which I'm sure is where J.K. Rowling got it from. Ah. Anyway. Should, should we not be using this time just to talk about Tom while he's not here? Oh, my God. What do you really think of Tom? I think he's great. And actually, so do I. He, I mean, the secret, <laughs> his wife actually does exist, but it's so much fun to be so <laughs> I know I've <laughs> met her. She's an absolute delight. Um, yeah, Diamond. I don't like the end of It's a Wonderful Life because I feel like the bad guy should should have should you know be have to give the money back because oh, the like bad a, guy just gets yeah. to keep the money like in a pantomime yeah like the bad guy always gets his comeuppance at the end and that's what makes me, yeah the bad guy wins at the end it's not yeah, yeah. It's, you know yeah and yeah, like yeah Absolutely. they're still gonna they're still gonna struggle financially yeah. like the I family. Mean, that, that, Nothing's changed by the movie. You've had the whole movie, all the sort of like suicide attempt, the age or whatever, and he just gets back to the position he started in in the first place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a um, fairly average life. You've repaid your mortgage. Hooray! You know. Um, shall we shall get, get back and Tom back? Yeah. Tom, come back. Okay, I'm back. Hello, hello. Hello. Genuinely... Two things I realised during that silence from me. Yeah. One, I edit this podcast, so I'm going to hear this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm going to have to watch the film now before I edit this. Just okay. We haven't spoiled the important bits of the film. It's, it's, okay, okay, it's a the, wonderful film. It makes me cry every time. I, uh, I, will, I will have to go watch it. But yeah, the second thing I noticed was that I couldn't hear anything. All I could see was Ben being very emphatic about it. So I, I <laughs> yes. look forward to seeing the film. Yes. Um, so it comes down to me. What is my favourite Christmas film? Well, I've changed recently. Because oh. I, I watched a film the other day and I didn't realise it was a Christmas film. But now I've realised it is my favourite Christmas film. Right. And that is Batman Returns. Batman Returns. Oh. A Christmas Batman film. Returns. It's magnificent. It's, it's got a great Christmas film. Walking. Michael Keaton. Michelle. P-f-f-f-f-f-f. It's got It's got them all. <laughs> oh, it's, it's I mean, it's magnificent. I think it's the best Batman film. 
I, I think he's also much more kind of morally ambiguous as well. Oh, yes, yes. You know, he is, at, like, however much they try and kind of give Christian Bale a darker side, like, he's still kind of essentially good. Anyway, shall we get on with some more mathematics? <laughs> okay. One of, the, one of the things I wanted to talk about, uh, I, I found this whilst Googling, you know, maths of Christmas. Yeah. And it turns out that a few years ago, when, when was this? This was 2012. The... Mathematics Society of Sheffield University created a number of formulas oh, for the yes. perfect Christmas tree. Yeah. Wow. Now, let, let me read these formulas out for you. So, the length of tinsel, and, th- and this is for any size of tree. So, if you, if you calculate the size of your tree in centimetres, you can put that into these formulas, and this will give you the perfect amount. So, the length of tinsel in centimetres is 13 times pi divided by 8 times your tree height. The number of baubles is square root 17 over 20 times tree height. The length of light is pi times tree height. The height of the star on the top of the tree should be the tree height divided by 10. Well, this is clearly rubbish, Tom. It's utter rubbish! Clearly rubbish. What, what do you think, Liz? I don't understand why a star would be the, your tree height divided by 10. No, this, this is the problem. With all of these, there is no derivation. There's no reasoning. that. I mean, these might be correct, but I want to know... How did they optimise their perfect treeness? I think also they haven't taken the width of the tree into account. And trees do vary quite significantly in width. That is an excellent point. That is a fabulous point. Do you prefer a sort of a, a big fat one, Liz? Or, or do you prefer a sort um, of one that's... I like, something, I like something sort of quite short and squat, but okay. um, importantly symmetrical. Uh, and do you, prefer, do you prefer a real one? <laughs> oh, I, I, I only ever have a real one, Ben. I, yeah, you ever have a real I, one, right? Yeah, I, 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 I've got no need to resort to plastic. And uh, do you like yours to have sort of flashing lights on it? or um, <laughs> is, um... I, I go for quite a, a tasteful, single shade of light. Are, are they flashing? Are they pulsing? Are they... No, there's no, there's nothing pulsating on my tree. Um, okay. I like some... And uh, this year... I uh, eschewed tinsel. Oh. I've only got baubles on my tree this year. It looks very tasteful. Back to the Sheffield University Master Society. Yeah, okay. Uh, or sums, as it's probably called. My problem is that, okay, we can think of a tree as a cone. Yes. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay, so presumably the number of baubles is going to depend on the area of the cone. Very good. Right? The surface so area. The surface area. Well, uh, of the well, 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 before we get to there, before we get to even that part, we have to state what we mean by perfect tree. What do we want the bulb? Do we want the, uh, an average number of baubles per area? Yes. Do we want them to have them all lined up along radii along the tree? Gosh. Just by saying perfect tree, this is, it, it doesn't make, I mean, to be honest, what I quite like doing is randomizing the color of the baubles. So when I get my baubles set, I, I randomly generate a random <laughs> list of numbers <laughs> for you, all the different colors. Do you really? And then put them on. Do you so really? That they have, Yes, I do. You I did that do the first not. year. I did. I did this the first year. La- that, this year, Lorraine wouldn't let me touch the tree. Uh, what, how do you generate this random set of numbers before you check your crystal? Well, okay, it's just on my calculator, so it's pseudo-random. But I right. have, I have uh, five colours of bauble, yes. and then I, I randomly generate one to five, and then that's the next bauble that goes on the tree. And what about location for your baubles? I mean, oh, you... that, that, that's just wherever I feel. So you can do something, which you can do with Christmas trees, you can do something called a mini-max design. Mm. Okay, where you minimise the maximum distance between baubles. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay. Or you can do a maxi-min design where you maximise the minimum distance between baubles. Okay, so the point is that both of these things lead to criteria where there is no sort of wide open space. The other thing you could do is just do it completely regularly. Okay, so just put points on a grid. 
Um, but then, of course, the Christmas tree is an odd shape, so you might have to sort of put one just off the grid. It looks a bit peculiar. Yeah, so that's what I do. I try and do. Yeah. So I put my baubles, I line up my baubles. I yeah. had, this year I had six different colours of baubles and I had six. five of each. Right. Um, so you had and... 30 baubles. Yeah, I think I did. Right, well, let's try and work out the size of your uh, tree using <laughs> Sheffield University. Okay, so according to the uh, according to Sheffield University, uh, so it should be root 17 over 20 times the tree height should be the number of baubles. Right. So if you've got 30 baubles, I'm going to take the 20 over the other side, so I'm going to get 600, and divide by root 17, which is about four and a bit. So you're gonna, your tree's going to be about 140 centimetres. Uh, Google tells me that it's 4.4.6 feet. So it's about five feet. It's four and a half feet. It's it's closer to four feet than it is to five. Feet. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is it so? So one hundred forty centimeters is four point five nine, which is roughly four and a half feet. I just rounded up to five. So are you saying that this formula worked for you? Yeah, it is about four and a half feet taller. I think. Uh... Dear Lord. <laughs> Sorry, right. but it is true. I I had this argument last night. Should an advent calendar have a door twenty five on it? I think no. yes. More chocolate. No. I think yes. I think yes. Thomas Willie. I don't have an advent calendar, but I would want more chocolate. There's two no. schools of thought. Oh, that's not what Christmas is about. More chocolate. No. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. What was your point? Well, no, that was exactly the point. Like, people are really split on this way. It's like the way people wipe their bum. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They wipe their bum with advent calendars. Like, people have people have very firm beliefs on this thing. Are utterly dismayed that people <laughs> have a different view, and are surprised that anyone else could hold a different view. So, um, I think there's twenty four in them because it's cheaper for the chocolate advent card manufacturers. I, it, I think yeah, it's just purely cost. I remember as a kid having an extra big door that you could open on Christmas Day. <laughs> are we talking about that... wiping bums again? No. <laughs> no. Okay, but, but with. The, with the wiping wow. bums. Okay, if you ask a room for the people, then... Sorry, <laughs> anyway, talk, tell us, go back to your big door. <laughs> okay, so on the 25th of December, I think you should have a big door that you open on your advent calendar. <laughs> and some people think that you should you should just be satisfied with your little door on the 24th. I just feel very strongly that... Like, my Christmas Eve as a kid <laughs> was always, like, my most special part time of Christmas. Like, uh, were you, I was were you German? so excited. I, I was German, and okay, now good. I'm not German. Yeah, um, that's, that's why I'm a spy. No, I think Christmas Eve was always, like, the most special day. Um, because you were, like, really excited. Father Christmas was going to come, and it was really cool. So it's kind of like the foreplay of Christmas. I, yeah, indeed. <laughs> and I didn't... Um, and so I kind of wouldn't want there to be like another door where it's like, oh, it's not the special day. And also, yeah. you get like you get loads of presents on Christmas Day. You don't need a chocolate. So I mean, my um, mother's side of the family are Jewish, and mm. we have this thing called Hanukkah, um, which um, keeps growing and building and building. So at Hanukkah, you get like a small present on the first day, and on the second day, you get like. A bigger present, and it keeps going on until the last day. You're meant to get like your main present, and this the game is great because like you know your 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 the size of your present is always bounded strictly below by the present you've got <laughs> on the next day. Um, it's great as a kid, and it's all this anticipation. It's building up. By Christmas, you get them all at once, 
And then yeah. it's like, do you get a stocking? Do you open them early? You know, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, there sh- I think there should be a 25th door because there was when I was a kid. But people feel strongly about this. Yeah, I feel very strongly that there shouldn't be. So uh, obviously, obviously. tweet podcast maths at either with the hashtag yes25 or hashtag no25 and um, we'll find out some completely useless statistic. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about presents then. Yes. As you said, uh, with, the, with the Jewish family, you've got one every day. Yeah. And uh, as Christmas, we get them all at once. Yes. But here's my segue. Oh. The 12 days of Christmas. My true love said to me. Exactly. My, your true love gave to you. One on the first day. On the second day, they give you the same one and then two. On the third day, they give you one, two, and three, and so on. My question to you guys is Mm -hmm. how many presents do you get overall? Ah, well, I know Uh, this one. (laughs) I haven't had time to work it out, but I I could. It is simple addition. It it is simple addition, but there's actually some quite nice formulas. So what you get are actually the things called triangular numbers out of this. Because Ah. if you think about uh, when you go bowling, Mm. um, the triangle they set up is one skittle, then two skittles, then three skittles, four, five, six, and so and they make a triangle. So that's and and there are there are nice formulas that add up these so-called triangular numbers. But the really neat thing about I'll I'll spoil it. You can do it, and you can use formulas. But what's really neat about this question is if you add up the one present, the one and the two, the one, the two, the three, the one, the two, the three, the four, and so on, Mm -hmm. you get. 364 presents. Ah. That's one for every day of the year except Christmas Day. Oh, isn't that great? Oh. Why don't you get a present on Christmas Day? No, you don't. There's no door on 25. Uh, exactly. Hashtag no 25. So, um, <laughs> I've got a... But, but I've the got, whole point, uh, the whole point is that you don't need the door because you get your presents. Hashtag no 25. But by your argument, if you're getting presents everywhere else on every other day, should you have a present on the day that you're designed to get presents on? Write in, listeners. At, no. Anyway, I've got, <laughs> I've got a better problem about the 12th day of the Christmas, uh, Tom, because okay. like, all our listeners are, are, are you know good enough to add up one and then one and two and one and two and three and blah, 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 blah. Mm. Okay. In the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, how right. many le- how many legs are mentioned in the song? Blimey. Just to clarify, so is it 12 lords are leaping? I can never remember them. 11 uh, times drumming. Oh, no. 12. Oh, crap. Hang he's on. He's laying. No, 12. No, no, no. It's, it's always <laughs> 10, 12, 12 drums drumming, drumming 11 drum, pipes piping, drum, 10 lords are leaping, lords are leaping. 9 ladies dancing, 8, eight, eight swans are milking, milking, 7 swans are swimming, 6 geese are laying. Five gold four, four calling birds, birds three French, French hens, two, two turtle doves, and a, and a partridge in a pear tree. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. So how many okay, legs? so with oh, the milking maids, do they have stools? Oh, Tom, you might be spoiling it. Yes, <laughs> yes, good talk. Why are you assuming they've all got the same number of legs? Very good point. Do you not think a lady dancing might be able okay. to do so with only right. one leg? Let me say let me say this once and for all, okay? <laughs> okay. Mathematicians ignore things like facts for the purpose of clever, clever questions. Okay? We so ignore reality. If we toss a coin, there's absolutely no chance it's gonna get buried down the back of the sofa or that on its side. Okay? That's true. That's true. Alright. So I appreciate that there are, you know, people in the world with below average numbers of legs. Okay, um, and that's fine. There's no problem, but they have no place in my mathematical precision. Okay, 
I'm not trying to trick you out. I'm not. I'm not making any social statement. Okay. Will you stop trying to make this reality? <laughs> okay. I'm just. I'm just saying. Someone needs to think of inclusivity of math- mathematics. And I don't think it's mathematicians, so it has to be Liz. It, it's it's left down to the spy community. Anyway, sorry, Benji, take us back to the 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> Number of legs. Well, well, the, the, I mean, the problem wouldn't work. Yeah, how many legs are there in the song, The 12 Days of Christmas, if everyone in the song has a random number of legs? <laughs> well, no, I you mean, could the, do this. If you were going distribution, you could work out the mean number. The dancers dancing are all spiders. I mean, that is just not going to work for the problem, is it? Well, OK, look, I think I'm going to leave that problem out there. Um, and Oh, you're uh, not going to solve it? Oh, oh, man. Do the answer next week. OK, we'll do the answer next week, or probably on the, the, the website, uh, www.mathsat.co.uk. This, this is a great thing to do over Christmas dinner. How many legs are there in the song, The 12 Days of Christmas? Okay. Assuming, Assuming a, everyone has... Everyone has the modal number of legs. Modal. Everyone has the modal number of legs. All right. <laughs> Blimey. I thought that was oh. going to be easier than it was. <laughs> There's a lot of arguments in this. Right, so yeah. everyone has the modal number of legs. How many... Uh, but are we saying they're on stools? Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, they're on stools. Yes, no, yes, oh, no. They're all on stools. Okay. State, state your assumptions at the top of the answer. <laughs> okay. Tweet us at podcastmathsat. Uh, Email us at podcastmaths at gmail.com. Or facebook.com slash mathsat. Or you can find us at the website at www.mathsat.co.uk. Hashtag no 25. Hashtag 25. (laughs) Um, So actually, uh, Liz, you had a really important reality question. Oh, gosh. Well, so I, for the second year running, I am doing the Christmas dinner for my family. Where's my invite? Well, it's for my family. Come on. It is for my family. Not your family. It it actually did occur to me that we should have thought to take in waifs and strays this year, but it's too late. That's okay. That's fine. (laughs) So I'm, I'm cooking for, I think it's 11 of us this year. Oh, okay. I, I don't have a very big house uh, right. it, where I grew up. So we actually, for the last couple of years, have been doing it in our local church hall. Ooh. Um, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And they have a kitchen. I always mess up the order of everything. I can never work out what to do when. Mm. And it, the cooking itself is not actually that difficult for Christmas. But remembering to put stuff in the oven at the right time is very difficult. Right. Um, and I've got limited oven space. So I'm, I'm asking, so I've actually started making like a Gantt chart. Oh, lovely Gantt chart. In wow. The, in the morning of, of when everything needs to happen. Yes. Um, so I have everything that we're eating down the side and a timeline across the top. Um, and, and then I write on the Gantt chart like what I need to do to each thing. So I'll have like peeled potatoes base turkey you know yep. all of that kind of stuff but yeah but is, is there anything more you can do to help me well i could come and peel your vegetables for you <laughs> <laughs> but i'm not invited so no that's fine um uh, uh, so i mean i would say you know thinking mathematically and not having thought about this before that christmas dinner is essentially an exercise in queuing theory Okay, okay. What's that? that's how I see it um so it's the things of getting things in the right order um, essentially making a Gantt chart <laughs> um, but but the interesting thing is there's some uncertainty here isn't there mm. okay so so like we, you know we don't know exactly how long the turkey is going to take until the juices run exactly free. yes uh, um, absolutely but, all, but also don't we have um, parallel uh, work that can be done because you could just do uh, now I'm going to uh, base the turkey now I'm going to peel the vegetables yes. now I'm going to do... but you can yes. be cooking the turkey whilst you're peeling and so you can do these things in parallel 
Yeah. So, I mean, the thing to do with it, I mean, these these are essentially called packing problems in mathematics, or can mm. be packing ah, problems in yes, mathematics. Yes. Okay. And it, it's the same thing. So let, let me do an analogy first, and then we'll come back to you. Okay. So imagine Santa is packing his sleigh. Okay. And he's got hundreds of different um, packages. Okay. All of which are different sizes. In general, the most efficient algorithm for making sure that you get as many presents in without, you know, losing space is to put the big ones in first. Uh-huh. Okay. So if you're, well, ever... I think one, one important thing to say is that we don't have the best an algorithm that will give you the best solution. No, I think that, this is a very hard problem. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That Santa solves with ease. So Santa could actually win a million pounds, a million dollars yeah. from the Clay Institute because this is. He, he, uh, doesn't, he doesn't need it. He doesn't. Well, he doesn't because, you know, he's Santa. But there's a problem called the P versus NP problem. And what this means essentially is that there are some problems which we can solve easily mm-hmm. and there are some problems which we can't solve easily. Or at the moment, we don't know how to solve easily. And what we, this question is all about is are these problems that are hard to solve fundamentally? hard mm. to solve and that there is no easy way and so one of these problems as ben mentioned is this packing problem that you have a certain size and whether it's your car boot it could be your suitcase it could be time if you're trying to fill something and schedule things into a region of a finite space and you have all your information of what you need to fill it in with there is no best algorithm we only have ad hoc ansatz ways of doing it and one of them is filling it filling in first with the smallest do you say the biggest is best. Biggest first. Biggest first. Right. Okay. Um, but the re- the reason that I mean the reason these things are difficult to think is imagine you've got a hundred presents to fit into your sleigh. Then mm. there's a hundred ways to fit in the first present, and then there's ninety nine. Oh, so there's a hundred choices of the first present you could put in, and then yeah. ninety nine of the next <clears> present, then ninety eight. And when you multiply a hundred times ninety nine times ninety eight, you get a very very big number. So your computer has to evaluate all these, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of. Um, Things. And if, we, if you remember, we came across this with James Grime because he. This is called the factorial, hundred factorial, or hundred bang, or as the way James yes. Grimes would say, it is hundred. <laughs> yes, what a guy. Uh, but um, <laughs> so yes, so this but these problems are intrinsically hard. But it turns out that often for these packing problems, start with the biggest one and fit it in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it turns out from the same logic, there is probably no easy best way to find out how you should cook your Christmas dinner. Okay, uh, but you should start with the most time and space consuming tasks first, such as the turkey, and uh-huh. then work everything else out around that. So don't start with the earliest, start with the most difficult and add everything into that. And then we'll come up with the mathematically optimal way of um, finding turkey. I am, in general, as you yes. both know from your many hours waiting for me to arrive to start yes. recording the podcast, <laughs> yes. chaos. I mean, I find it incredibly difficult to organise and plan oh, my life. Oh, everyone does, yes. By this logic, could mathematicians at least help me to organise my day better? Make me more efficient oh, yes, at work? I mean, to be honest, with, with, if you've got a small enough number of activities, then you could optimise because you could just check every combination of mm-hmm. solutions and then you just find but as the number increases i mean even with a hundred it's not too bad you could probably do it with if you had a hundred tasks you could optimize but when you get up to a few million or a few thousand presents like santa has to deliver yeah you've got to use these approximate uh, algorithms so let's go on to like the classic case of this problem because it fits in well with um christmas uh, which yes. is in general the traveling salesman problem but yes. uh, we're going to call it the travelling Santa problem in honour of the season. 
Okay, so we okay. we all we all have this. Okay, we all have this thing where you know perhaps you have to go to the bank and then you have to go to the post office and then you have to go to the shop and then you have to go home. Yeah. And the question is, which order do you do these things in? Mm-hmm. Okay, because you know depending on the differences between your house and the bank and the post office, you know one way is very clearly better. Mm. Okay, and it, uh, you probably could do this in your head quite well. You could probably work out which route is the best. You'd think. Yes. <laughs> But um, so a, a not stupid way of doing it is pick the one that's closest to you at the moment and go that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but, you know, obviously... The problem with this is, though, mathematicians can create pathological examples where that actually gives you the worst route. Yes. Um, so, but imagine you have 100 places to go to. Or let's imagine you're Santa and you have to deliver presents to every child in the world. What route does he pick? And we've got the same problem. We've got, you know, the first choice, the first distance he goes to could be, you know, there's a million choices. And then in the next house, he's got 999,999. The next one, he's got 999,998 choices. So you've got a million factorial, a million bag, or as James Grave would say, a million choices. I'm not sure that's how he would say it, but I you, like it. You've got a hell of a lot of places to go to, so you can't work but it out. But interestingly, um, NORAD does actually track Santa, so they obviously can see his route. Oh, well, they can see the route. I mean, uh, tracking Santa is not a problem, but forecasting Santa's route, a huge problem. Mm. Okay. Um, So we have to come up with what's called heuristics for dealing with this. And this is what we do in day-to-day life. This is humans do it all the time. We can't possibly be the best we can do, but we could do something which like isn't that bad. And that's what you're doing when you sit down and you make your your Christmas dinner, okay? Mm. I mean, to be honest, that's what these uh, perfect Christmas tree formulas are. They're heuristics, which actually seem to work for you, Liz. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So... You know, when you think of yourself, you know, working out the best um, algorithm for uh, Christmas, um, and you know, I've got a hint for you, Liz, as well. Okay. Okay. This is a previously solved problem. These proofs of how to do it have been published in something that we call a recipe. <laughs> <laughs> Some of which may or may not be available on a big recipe book porn emporium and purveyor of kittens that we call the internet. Okay. <laughs> um, is that how you see the internet, um, then? Download one and somebody will have solved this problem. Unfortunately yeah. for Santa, he has to do it anew every year. Every um, year. Because of all the different little children. So um, Santa is really a genius. He he has managed to solve this incredibly hard mathematics problem and not told anyone. Yeah. For a math genius, he, I suspect, rem- delivers remarkably few math-themed gifts. So Christmas presents. Christmas presents. So what am I hoping for for, for Christmas this year? I, oh. What about, what about, I mean, that that, that perfume you saw the other week? The pie, pie perfume. perfume. I suspect it's not very nice. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I mean, maybe, maybe what I should do when I become famous from this podcast is yeah. do a kind of a range of mass themed lady gifts. Ooh. So we'll do have... like mass themed per- perfume. Actually, you could do one for every Greek letter of the alphabet. Oh. Yeah. Um, and then and, you could do and then if, 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 you, if you were wearing too much perfume, people would be like, ah, it's X squared. <laughs> um, There's too much. Subtract your perfume. Actually, that'd be great if you had some which were additive and some which were subtractive. So you could up your perfume and down your perfume. Liz, you've got a business plan here. Yeah, or math-themed jewellery. 
I suppose we could do little. That's kind big. Of... That's really big at the moment. Uh, I'm going to say I went to um, the MoMath, uh, the Museum of Mathematics in New York, and they actually do sell uh, Christmas baubles, uh, maths themed Christmas baubles. So I bought some. So there are some. Wow! What? That's very cool. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. It's very nerdy. Um, okay, well, let's bring this all to a close, and I think we should bring it to a close with some Christmas cracker jokes. How about? Oh that? man, I. <laughs> gave me this as homework and I haven't thought of a single one. Well, how about how about we test them on you? You can okay. be the decider. I, okay. I will throw some jokes out to you. And Ben, do you have any? Uh, do I have any Christmas cracker jokes? Well, maths-themed Christmas cracker jokes. Oh, you did say they were maths-themed Christmas cracker okay, jokes. Okay, well, you just throw any jokes out and we'll test them on Liz because Lorraine always makes her own crackers because she thinks they're the normal ones that you buy are terrible, which I agree with. Um, so I want to say, so what, what of these uh, jokes are worthy of going inside Woolly crackers this year. Okay, all right. Okay, so first one. How is an artificial Christmas tree like the fourth root of minus 68? Oh, God. Neither I... has real roots. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> terrible. That's brilliant. Okay, we, we, we like that one. That one's, that one's down. Okay. <laughs> A gang of decimal figures are on the run. The police are trying to round them up. Oh, no. Tom, make them stop. Oh, wait. Okay. Yeah, oh, that, that, that was a slow burn of that one. Oh, dear. Do you like that one? Is that one worthy? I, I think that's worthy, yes. Okay. I failed my GCSE in maths in 1995. 25 years later, it hasn't done me any harm. Hey. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, what else we got? Um, a man was stopped by, by airport security whilst carrying a calculator and a protractor. He was charged with possession of weapons of maths instruction. Oh, dear. Um, uh, and then my final one, the final one I've got. What did the mathematician say after eating Christmas dinner? Square root of minus one over 64. Hang on. So square root of <laughs> one over minus one. Oh, I have... Over eight. I, I, I over eight. I over eight. I over eight. Oh, uh, Dear. <laughs> so what do we think of those? Any worthy of going in the Woolly Christmas crackers this year? All of them. Uh, I, I think, All of them? Yes, lovely. Yes. Um, uh, but, you know, uh, it's true that, um, you know, uh, the Virgin Mary um, yeah, c- couldn't do complex analysis when she wanted to give birth to Jesus. And why is that then? Well, she wanted to find a stable solution. It's oh. not quite there, but I just made it up. It's not quite that's there. Quite, I've not so heard I, that I literally one. just that made that up while you were talking. So that's that's not bad. I mean, to be honest, that's as good as the ones I've got. So uh, yeah. I've thought about but I mean, mathematics jokes are always terrible. As soon as somebody tro- tries to tell you that they're going to make you a mathematics joke, my eyes just sort of—it's one of those awkward Christmas um, conversations. Can I, can I get you guys to think back? Your joke was great. Your joke <laughs> was amazing. Uh, let's do it again. Go on. And in fact, yeah, this will be... So let's just sign off and then we'll leave Liz to have the final joke. So thank you for listening. And so wherever you are and whoever you're with, please enjoy this festive time and be safe. We are MathSat. I've been Thomas Woolley. I have been the pre-image of 2018's Ben Parker. (laughs) And I have been Liz, wishing you a very, very happy Christmas. Thank you very much for listening. We're winning at maths and losing at life. Liz, take it away. Okay, so uh, Theresa May... Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin sitting sitting in a bar and a mathematician runs in, he's red, he's sweating, he's out of breath and he runs up to Donald Trump and goes, 32! And he runs up to Vladimir Putin and he goes, 32! And he runs up to Theresa May and he says, 32! And Theresa May just manages to catch him and she says, 
hold on, why have you just come into this pub and told us three world leaders the number 32? And the guy goes, oh my goodness, I'm in a maths exam and they told me to give the answer to three significant figures. (laughs) Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Merry Christmas. This podcast was a Random Walks production performed by Thomas Woolley, Ben Parker and the secret agent Liz. She's my favourite. Intro and outro music was Clonky Donkey by Nicholas Idlis. May there be peace on earth and goodwill to everyone.